Giles Beckford, our RNZ business editor, is in the studio with me, Tenakwe Giles. There are rumours coming from across the ditch about software company Erode. Kira to you, Charlotte. Yes, uh, Erode, of course, subject of a takeover offer. And coincidentally, the founder of the transport software company is returning to the company in a consultancy role just over a year since he stepped down as chief executive. But it comes as an Australian media report, as you suggest, uh, is talking about a possible bigger bid on the way for the company. Ananzaki has more. Stephen Newman resigned as E-Road chief executive in April last year, but retains a 12% shareholding in the company. E-Road says Mr Newman has returned as an independent consultant to its technology board committee. Meanwhile, the Australian newspaper is reporting that Canadian software company Constellation, through a subsidiary, is set to raise its offer to buy E-Road. Earlier this month, E-Road rejected a bid of $1.30 a share from Constellation, saying the bid undervalues the business. But the Australian reports a higher bid could be on the way, with E-Road's share price closing at $1.40 on Friday, about an eight-month high. Constellation has used an Australian front company to build an 18.7% stake in E-Road by snapping up the stakes of some institutional investors whom it promised to pay any higher final price if a deal is done by the end of the year. On the appointment of Stephen Newman as a consultant, incumbent chief executive Mark Hayne says it makes strategic sense for the company to involve Mr Newman. Well, allowing renters to dip into their KiwiSaver accounts wouldn't do any long-term damage, but isn't in the spirit of the scheme. That's the view of one fund manager. National Party policy released this month would let people under the age of 30 use their KiwiSaver to pay for a tenancy bond. Negative financial impacts are limited because the loan is required to be paid back within five years, according to Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme Managing Director Sam Stubbs. However, he says it's an entirely different premise from withdrawing money for a first-home deposit. Look, I think it's, 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 it's interesting. It's certainly not in the spirit of KiwiSaver, which is supposed to be savings for your retirement. Um, obviously, that, that's been modified so that you can use it to help you buy your first home. So it's somewhat uh, left field in terms of using it to fund rental bonds. Um, it, it is okay in one sense, which is that you're only effectively taking the money out temporarily within five years as the National Party has proposed, that money would have to go back into your KiwiSaver account. So you're only borrowing it for a short period of time. So it's not actually taking it out permanently, um, but it's certainly not in the spirit of the original KiwiSaver, which was that, you know, this is money that you should be you should be um, saving for your retirement and or buying your first home. So it's certainly pretty left field as a policy, um, but it's not completely crazy in the sense that you're only taking money out for, for a short term. Sam Stubb says Simplicity is accelerating its own build-to-rent offerings as it promotes the financial returns on offer from such schemes. The director of takeover target Metro Performance Glass has resigned abruptly to avoid any suggestion of a conflict of interest. Reese Jones is the chief executive of Vulcan Steel and he's been sitting on the Metro Glass board as an independent director. But the founder of Vulcan Steel, Peter Wells, is part of a joint venture that's made a bid for Metroglass, but also he's a big shareholder in Vulcan Steel. Metroglass chair Peter Griffith says Mr Jones declared his interest when he joined the board, but he's resigning to avoid any perception of a conflict. 
The Metro Glass Board has knocked back the takeover offer of 18 cents a share because it significantly undervalues the company. Well, geothermal energy could become a dominant renewable source, uh, energy resource, replacing much of the coal and gas currently being used. But it will need considerable investment. GNS Science has just put out a paper on geothermal use options, including using shallow heat for horticultural greenhouses, getting more from the established geothermal fields which produce power in the central North Island, and it's come up with a big challenge. It's using super hot water, known as supercritical in the geological train, which is deep in the earth, but which could be used to generate power. GNS Energy Futures leader Isabel Chamfort says if the technical challenges are solved, supercritical could help slash carbon emissions. Imagine that if we can, um, you know, reverse most of our use of fossil carb or fossil fuel, particularly our gas and and oil and like the oil and gas, particularly for transport, if we can really generate en- enough electricity to cover all of that, um, that will be a, lot, a big, big dent on our CO2 emission and our increase of renewable. If we calculate it, more than 60% can be generated from our geothermal, conventional and supercritical, which is, it's massive. Isabel Chamfort says in the coming year, they're hoping to produce uh, economic options of supercritical energy against other renewable energy sources and battery storage. Well, two of the big central banks have interest rate decisions this week, the Federal Reserve in the US and the European Central Bank. Rate rises of 25 basis points are expected from both as they try to tackle the issue of sticky inflation. That's an issue for central banks around the world, including New Zealand. Financial markets are betting that this week's rise from the Fed may be the last in the current cycle and that the U.S. economy in particular is headed for a soft landing and will avoid recession. The chief economic advisor at Allianz, Mohamed El Arian, says the Fed's unlikely to think the war against inflation has been won. So the Fed has been burned twice in a huge way. First in 2021 when they kept on repeating inflation is transitory. And transitory is a very dangerous word because it conveys this notion of temporary and reversible, meaning don't worry about it, don't do anything about it. So we lost a good seven to eight months. So that was mistake number one. Mistake number two happened at the beginning of this year when Chair Powell believed that the dip in inflation we were getting in the beginning of the year was going to last. So they are now burned twice and very cautious. So they will keep on saying that the inflation battle is not won. When they meet next week, they will increase interest rates again by a quarter percentage point. That will be the 14th time in, sorry, the 11th time in 12 meetings that they've done that. And they will just keep at it. The marketplace doesn't believe you need anything after that, but we will wait to hear what they think. That's Mohamed El Arian, a financial advisor to Allianz. Let's catch up with what's happening on financial markets locally. I'm joined by Michael Grace of Jardin Securities. Kira to you, Michael. Good afternoon, Giles. Uh, what's it like for the uh, local share market? Well, the market has little changed this morning, which follows a muted close to the U.S. markets last week. The NZX50 is currently up 45 points, or 0.4% to 11,987. 
Today's movers include Sinlay Milk up 4.4% to $1.67. Servico is up 2.5% to $4.14. Meridian Energy is up 2% to $5.42. And E-Road, following this morning's news, is up 1.4% to $1.42. Conversely, the West performer today is only Stride Property Group, which is down $0.01 to $1.43. Let's have a quick look at what's happening in Australia and then the currency, please. Yeah, shortly after the open, the ASX 200 is up 16 points or 0.2% to 7,330. Uh, of note today, Atlas Arteria up 1.7% to $6.32. Newcrest Mining up 1.6% to 26.61. And Flight Centre is up 1% to 22.39. The Kiwi strength today is mixed against our major trading partners and is currently buying 61.66 US cents, 91.67 Australian cents, 47.97 British pence, 55.42 Euro cents, 87.35 Japanese yen and 4.43 Chinese yuan. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. The 90-day bank bill is currently at 5.7%. Brent crude is at $80.55 a barrel, and gold is $1,961 US dollars an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Michael Grace from Jarden Securities. One other item of business news this lunch hour. The country's posted a third consecutive monthly trade surplus in June, albeit a rather modest one. StatsNZ says there was a $9 million surplus for the month, with a slight rise in exports driven by dairy sales and a fall in imports, notably petroleum and machinery. The deficit for the year ended June edged lower to just under $16 billion, and that's from May's record $17.1 billion. But to give you some perspective, a year ago, the trade deficit was just below $11 billion. We'll update the news and the numbers for you at around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia